Welcome back to the Sipping with Sin podcast, a podcast about stuff and things pertaining to gaming, content creation, horror, comics, music, pop culture, and more. Grab your favorite beverage and take a sip with us. Not gonna lie, that is not the taste I expected to hit me right in my mouth hole to start this episode. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sipping with Sin, the podcast where we talk about stuff and things and things and stuff that are important to everybody in the world. It is science, it is proven, it is the number one podcast of such things. Don't question it, don't even look it up, distrust the scientist that went to school for many years to be able to give us this factual information. It's facts, don't need a fact checker, just just accept it into your soul, okay? Welcome back for another episode, another week. We are proud to be here, happy to be here, uh, coming to your ear holes or your eye holes and ear holes on YouTube, depending on which uh, which pill you want to take. Do you want just the audio pill or do you want the audio and video pill? Depending on which one, we're happy to be here, happy to be back. And without further ado, let's, uh, well, before we welcome him, I got to remember what I mixed. I'm going to be honest. So I've been on a mixing G Fuel kick. So I just mix flavors. I mix Compound V and um, I don't remember what I – oh, Creamsicle. Orange Creamsicle. So Compound V and Orange Creamsicle because Compound V has like some coconut and I don't remember what else, honestly. I don't even remember what all is in it. And then uh, Orange Creamsicle, which is like, you know, a Creamsicle kind of thing. So uh, it is interesting, and that is not what I was expecting to grace my taste buds to start this episode, but – Without further ado, let's bring back our esteemed colleague, the one, the only, Mr. Christian. How's it going, everyone? It feels good to be back for yet another week of the podcast. We have a couple things to talk about today, so I guess we'll just start jumping right in. That, honestly, may be a winning flavor. That is a very interesting combo. Like, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know what I'm experiencing, but I kind of like it. That's all that matters, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of G Fuel, while we're on the subject, G Fuel just uh, released time of recording this today. I think it might have already been in GNC stores like yesterday, but today they released it on their website. Have you seen it? The Hack and Slash G Fuel, inspired by Friday the 13th. Nice. Yep. Nice. Uh, and they've also accidentally leaked. Uh, not only do they have Hack and Slash G Fuel, inspired by Friday the 13th, but they leaked on Instagram the uh, the other day. Uh, someone went live and stuff was shown and mistakes were made and you know all that. But uh, they have a Chucky, if mistakes this is true, a, a Chucky inspired can. I don't know the flavor or the name and a Nightmare on Elm Street inspired can. So I'm not going to lie. All three of them are automatically ones. I'm like, I need that in my life. Let's make it happen. So hopefully soon we'll be so sipping upon correct, those during the getting... podcast. Do what? I was just saying, so if this leak is correct, then we'll be getting some 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 slasher. Well, I mean, the the one's already out, like the one's available. So I'm gonna say it's probably right, considering the Jason one's real, unless they're just trolling with the others. And so then that's a bunch of asshole stuff to do. Feel you, feel you. I'm just saying. All right, but what we'd like to do to start every episode is talk about what we've been watching, reading, listening to, or playing this past week. So we will let Christian start because. Uh, yeah, we're gonna let him start because he's got dreadlocks and and that gets in. He's wearing a ghost shirt currently. Has your shirt got pink in it? Is yeah, it pink it and does. purple? Mm -hmm. That's actually really dope. I like that shirt. 
Those that can't see, Thank he's you. wearing a ghost face over. He's about to make fun of me. The Woodbury House. God, what is the name of that house? Uh, it's the Stumacher's house. The what? Stu's house. Okay, you broke up again. I heard you say Stumacher's. Yeah, Stu's house. This is Stu's house. What's his last name? What'd you call him? Mock Mocker. Stu Mocker. Mocker like Fokker? Like Meet yes. the Fockers, but Mocker? Yes. Like I'm mocking yes. you? Like Mockingbird? Mockingbird Lane? Mm-hmm. That is actually a sick shirt. Mm-hmm. I do like it a lot. He's kind of like menacing over the house. So that's a pretty dope one. I like yeah, man. Like I got it from an artist that I found on Instagram. He has an Etsy shop, and I asked him if he had more of these designs as a shirt. Uh, so I didn't have to buy the print. I wanted to, I wanted to wear it. And he was like, yeah, no problem, man. And uh, he sent it to me. So it was awesome. Oh, that's sick. So he sent you the shirt like already done up. Yeah, like he, he had some left because like the, the 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 technically this design the shirt design is older and I found it on Instagram. So I hit him up on Instagram. That's and from the said, first hey, one, is it not? That'd be a scream one. Yeah. yeah, I hit him up and asked him if he had more of these shirts, and luckily he had more of the shirts, so he uh, sold it to me via his Etsy account, and here we are. So this is totally not planned, but I believe this is your top two franchises of all time. You're wearing Scream, and I'm over here wearing Michael. Got Halloween, Hell yeah, uh, Halloween man. 2 of all. One of your favorites. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And not Rob they, Zombie Halloween are, 2, you bunch of degenerates out there. We're talking about the good Halloween 2. The one that actually yeah. means something. Yeah, from the 80s. Yeah. Find out that, uh, 82? that they are brother and sister. 82? 80, uh, I think it's 80. Original 78, so is it 82? Was it a couple years between? Now I gotta look it up because... It's it's early 80s. I don't wanna lie. It's early 80s, I know for sure. It's 81. It's 81. I was off by a year. I was off I was by a year, don't judge me. By year. It's 81. God dang, that flavor's mm-hmm. good. It makes me wanna walk up and just slap Michael on the butt. There you go. You think he'd kill you if you did that? Uh, you think if you just oh, walked up and you like good gamed Michael Myers, he'd turn around and instantly kill you, or would he turn around and be like, the shit? I mean, I guess like, would he be so taken Michael back by the balls of a person to come slap him on the ass that he wouldn't kill you, or would he be like, oh, hell no, just turn around and slash you? I mean, I feel like, I feel like because Michael is who he is, he probably just, he'd probably just kill you. Now, if it were Ghostface and you did that, if it's, like, I will say, if it's Freddy uh, and you walk up and slap Freddy on the ass, he's gonna have something to say. He's gonna be like, "Ooh, that's firm," is or like he's gonna have some kind of smart ass remark, like, "What you taste is that your nightmare, your dream?" Like he's gonna have some dumb stuff to say. Okay, um, we completely. But derailed. jumping back into like, no, it's all good. Jumping back into like what I've been doing, watching, reading, whatever. I am still reading the book that I mentioned last week called Little Heaven by Nick Cutter. Uh, as you guys can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see that I'm a little further in the book uh, for sure. But I'm still not even halfway. I've, I have, I've had not a lot of time this week to do much of anything, let alone read. But I did find the time to read some chapters and get a little bit further into that book. I can still say definitively, this book is, so far, it's, it's good. So far, it's good. But it is nowhere near the level of the last book by Nick Cutter called the troop the troop was an instant 10 out of 10 this one is not an instant 10 out of 10 so there's the difference there and they're very different types of stories they're very different horror right so it it, it puts you in a different realm um that one was 
just more up my alley when it comes to like visceral horror. So I, I just enjoyed it more. But aside from reading, I have been listening to things this week. Um, I think I may have mentioned it last week, but I've been on a big Tezzeret kick uh, recently. Uh, Tezzeret, the band. I listen to a lot of their stuff. I listen to that band a long time. Impatiently. I love it. I've been waiting impatiently for their new album to come out. So I've listened to the two songs that they released. Um, What's their album come ago, out? And I think I may have mentioned them. Album comes out later this month. I think the 15th, I, I think. Definitely comes out later this month as at the time of this recording. So I'm waiting for that to come out. They have two songs from that album that are released that you can listen to called War of Being and The Gray. My favorite of the two being The Gray. And um, I really I really like that band. Um, I hope that this album, if it's if this album sounds a lot more like what The Gray sounds like, then it's going to be a killer album. One of them streams um, on, that, on Twitch. I think it's the drummer for Tesseract. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he does. He streams on Twitch. He does a lot of stuff. Like he, all of them are just fantastic music in general. So they do a lot of stuff with music. And then I know. Can I can I make a statement about metal like, musicians? This is probably a very biased statement. Sure, sure. So I feel. Hear me out on this. This could be very biased, and you could completely disagree with me. I feel metal musicians a lot of times, whether it be a guitarist. I'm going to go mainly guitarists and like drummers or even bass player. I feel like if if they are a pretty proficient metal musician, other genres are pretty easy to them. Like if they are playing metal or if you can play metal at a semi I don't know, good degree, other genres are easy, especially drummers, you hear like tempo changes and like the weird patterns and stuff going from like yeah. let's say like a Tesseract song to like First thing coming to mind is Nickelback, and that's a terrible thing. But, like, a rock song or even a country song, that's like child's play to them compared to what they're used to playing. So I always have, like, and I like all types of music. By no means am I shitting on any type of music. I enjoy all types. But for me, like, if I see a drummer, like, for example, Tesseract, who is very proficient, very technical, and good, then you know they can play anything. I'm like, I have kind of a lot more, like, um higher respect because i'm like damn that dude that dude can jam like they they can do some shit if that makes sense i don't know if i really like describe what i'm trying to say i think what you're saying is uh metal musicians if they play at a proficient level then other genres are a little easier to them because they've already mastered playing this type of music. and by no means do i mean like um, a creed or a, a nickelback or um uh, Morgan Wallen's band or whoever like across the board not saying they're not great musicians because I can't do that I can't do any of that so whatever not saying they're not great musicians and no like musical theory and all that but metal musicians there's just something different maybe because I was um, in the scene and I was around it so much that there's just a different understanding and like the stuff they play is really hard if you ever want to like really appreciate go yeah. watch like a Polyphia go watch a Tesseract uh a periphery, um, hell, Deftones, like the stuff is difficult, and a lot of a lot of vocalists, because that's I obviously pay attention to a lot of vocalists, a lot of vocalists, especially ones that can do uh, cleans and harsh vocals. That shit's tough. That shit is very tough to not um, to be able to hit notes and still have the the roughness on certain parts. You know. Okay, that was my tangent. I don't know. I just have a very big appreciation for for metal musicians. Yeah, I think I think that if you are 
proficient or an expert at playing like progressive metal uh, or gent metal, if you will. Um, other genres that are slower than that that don't have the key changes, the signature changes on the off, on the offbeat, on the off note. Like it is probably a little easier to play those. I can also see those being a little bit more boring to play too, because I remember yeah. when, I, when we were in the scene, like playing music that we would play, and especially like more progressive, hard stuff, um, and then going to play like just rock in general, you know, even some thrash. It, it was it was less fun to do because there was you had to think about it less. But people make it fun. Can I, did you have to think it about it a lot when you were playing? Or do you kind of just get in the moment you're zoned out and it's almost like a muscle memory at that point? Uh, early on, I had to think about every single thing that I did. Everything. Every note, every movement I made, every time I got on the mic, everything. Um, but the more that you do it, the less you have to think about it Yeah. when you're on stage. And there, like if, like for an example, crowds make the show. 100%. So if you go to a, if you play, if you're playing a show as a, as a band, as a band member in a band, whatever, playing a show, the crowd makes or break that. You can be the best and playing that night, but if you have no crowd control, if you have no crowd engagement, that's it's a terrible show. It also kind of deflates the band a bit too. Like if no everybody's just yeah. staring at you, not bobbing their head, not feeling it, you can see like no one really gives a shit. It's kind of deflating. And I've seen bands remember, just lose all steam. They come out hype as hell, and then they're like, oh. Yeah, man. I remember I remember playing a show at Flex Room at Rocket Town in Nashville. And I hated that venue. That specific uh that specific venue I hated playing because why did you, it was pretty small. Why did you the hate Rocket were not really good? No, no, no. The Flex Room at Rocket Town. Oh. Rocket Town in general, main stage and all that stuff was fantastic. But then it was fantastic. I don't. I can't speak for it now. I haven't been. Did you like the audio engineers on Rocket Town? Um, that's for another podcast. <laughs> so, to keep to that keep, has to be to one of the things moving. we every time like any of us that were in the band together or played with other bands. Anytime Rocket Town gets brought up, the venue was awesome. The venue itself was awesome. The shows they got there was awesome. They usually had good crowds at Rocket Town, right? Like there was people there that had a vote, mm-hmm. like group that would come to rocket town anytime when it comes to your um your soundboard your audio engineers that would handle your your stuff those dudes gave no shits unless you were like their boys or a big big band they gave no shits you'd be like hey um can i have some more can i have some more uh lead guitar on stage you know stage left or something or i need more guitar on the drum monitor or can i just have more anything so the vocals can hear be like, yeah, yeah. Go back to playing on their phones. Like, you asshole. Like, come on, dude. I, I so what happened? Quick, real quick tangent. Quick tangent. My experience with that, with the with the engineers there, Rocket Town, at least back then, was like you were saying, hey, can we can we get more bass in this monitor? Can we get more vocals in this monitor? Can we get this in the monitor? Let me just turn it up one notch. Just one. I feel like a there lot of times go. they acted like they turned up and they didn't touch it. They would just be like, oh, yeah, okay, back to texting or whatever I'm doing because I don't care. Yeah. yeah just just literally literally trying to riz up some women. In, that, in reverse, though, the place was disgusting. And it, it was – I already know not, what you're going to say. I already know. It was like literally right – it used to be right down the road from it. Uh, but there was a place called The Muse in Nashville where a lot of shows were played, too. 
the place you go in is this dive bar looking rough as hell thing. But dude, that place to us was like home. The the people that ran the thing, they were awesome. They were always extremely nice to me. And uh they were brothers and the one would always do sound. Dude, he took care of us like no other on sound. We'd be like, yo, hey, we need this. Got you. How is that? He's like making it just perfect. I'm like, dude, this is what I'm talking about. Thank you. And their bass drops in that building because it was smaller. Dude, they shake the yeah. soul out of oh, you dude. if you had a good one. Like, Bro, that if shit you had an 808 so in that bitch, dude, you felt it in your sack, dude. It was like, it oh was, my God. So when you heard like a, an after the burial there and they had like insane bass drops, that stuff shook the walls like no other. And you're just like, yeah. yes. I'll tell you, so good. the first time first time I heard a bass drop that was that was good, because there were some bass drops that were trash. If your your bass drop shouldn't sound like fucking Zoidberg. We'll so, hold on. Before you say bass drop, whenever I was with TJ and them, we had a keyboard player who actually ended up becoming the guitar player for, for my band. Um, he was a keyboard player, and he controlled the 808s. We didn't have, like, the drummer at the time didn't have, like, the, the pad or anything like that to do 808s and yeah. stuff. So, it was on the keyboard, and it was two buttons beside each other. One of them was the bass drop. He would hit the, boom, you know, like a little bass drop. The other one was Stardust. <laughs> It'd go, he hit Stardust so many times on a breakdown instead of hitting the bass drop. So it would be like, big breakdown coming. And then you'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> so every time it's like we're sprinkling uh. pixie dust on our breakdowns, like, here comes the heaviness. <laughs> oh, man. Good I times. remember, uh, real quick, man. Real quick. I remember the first time that I heard a good bass drop at the Muse in Nashville. Was uh, TJ? If you're listening to this, it was it was your your band. Don't give him credit. I think it was the first time. It was the first time I heard them. It was the first time I heard Resurrect the Morning. And TJ, like, hear me out. I know I told the story many times. I know you've heard it. You're probably sick of it, Cody. You're probably sick of it, Lee. I'm sure you're sick of it. All you guys, but hear me out. I love all you, by the way. You guys get on stage. This is my first time at the Muse hearing, like, actually watching a show, not just going there, right? So you guys get on stage, and we've already played, I think, my band. And they get on stage, and, like, I don't know any of these people. And they look rough, man. And when I don't mean, like, they looked like shit. I mean, they looked rough. Like, all of them, their head was shaved down real low, a bunch of white dudes. And my brain is like, oh, shit, they're going to be terrible people. They're going to be like the most people I've ever met in my life. You get like, I literally, this is what I see. I see Cody get on stage. Cody, if you're listening to this, I fucking love you and I miss you, brother. Cody gets on stage and he just looks fucking pissed. He looks pissed. And I was like, God, I, I looked over at my boy, my, my bandmate, my boy Warren. I was like, some shit pops off. I'm taking him and you can take the rest, bro. And and he was like, all right. And that, that was it. That was the whole conversation. So after that, uh, TJ gets on stage, and TJ's like the smallest one out of everybody. He gets on stage, and he's looking pissed, and his hair is shaved down low, man, like real low. And I was like, oh, man, he's got the haircut. Like, here we go. And they got, like, the skinny jeans on with the tight shirts, and they're just plain, like like plain black, plain white shirts. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. It's going to be crazy. I already know. Because I've had to deal with this before going to metal shows. People who, like, don't like people that look like me. It just happens. Shit, shit happens, I, you know, whatever. And we're in the South, so I get it. So we're going to the show. We see them, and then Lee gets on stage, and Lee's got this big-ass puffer coat on. Big, 
hot ass coat. He hasn't said a word yet. He's already sweating. He's got a hat on. It's I mean, probably if you're wearing too a puffer tight. coat. You're gonna be sweating because that on stage anywhere is hotter than hell. Yeah, the lights the and the, the the stage is like so tiny. But like they get on stage, everybody's on stage. Y'all set up, and and I hear a little bit of a bass drop, just a little one. I was like, they might be okay. We'll we'll see. Then Lee starts doing his thing. Starts talking. He's really good at you know that that kind of stage presence. We all know. TJ's up there. He's doing his thing. He's getting ready. He's tuning up. Cody's tuning up. The drummer's doing his thing. And I was like, okay, I can't wait to hear them. And then they start playing. Um, what did they start with? They I, I don't remember what song they started with, to be honest, because it's been so long ago. But then glaciers, they started maybe? playing Glaciers, bro. Oh, they yeah. didn't start with Glaciers. They played something else first. No, this is before they had illustrations. I think they started off with Dear Wonder, maybe. Oh, okay. uh, they started off with Dear Wonder, and I was like, this is kind of cool. I really like the end of the song a lot, which Dear Wonder is actually one of my favorite songs of all time, just in general. I actually really fluff with that song. So good job for you guys. Then Glacier's Hits. Come alive. Oh, and then the bass drop hits me in my chest. It was like, I felt my chest open up. And just come back in, contract back in. I was like, holy shit. Ooh, and I, just, I was just in it at that point. I just hopped right in the pit. I didn't give a damn what was happening. I was oh just my doing my fucking thing. And I didn't care. And then I went to talk to these after the show. They were the coolest guys I ever met in my fucking life. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And that was right before I met you, actually. That was right before I met you, Sin. Because I met you guys at the, the next show that, that we played. Because all of us played. And I was like, oh, man. Everybody's so awesome. I love this. I want to do this for the rest of my life. It was that kind of thing. But that bass drop. There used to be I a family within bass... the scene up there. Like, oh, yeah. Bands scattered all over Tennessee, and everybody was just like boys. And every time we play show, it's like, oh, our boys are on the show. Party time. Everybody's been uh, an active damn fool for hours. Like, everybody's yeah, supporting each other on stage and acting like a damn idiot. And, dude, it was yeah. so much fun. Chilling at merch tables. It was the best, dude. It was. Those were really good times. And I just, I, like I said, dude, the whole, the whole, all of that was just to, to explain to you that bass drop hit me so hard that I was a, a, like immediate mean face. I was just ready. I was just ready to do anything. I didn't care what was going on. It was the best. And the bass drop was so, everybody in the crowd felt it, dude. It was, I was like, oh my God. So like after that, I was like, Yo, I looked at I looked at my boy Warren. I was like, "Yo, we gotta get it. We gotta get better bass drops because this shit, like, we're not we're not on that level yet." And then that's exactly what we did. We literally like tested out a bunch of different drops to see which one was the best for us because we had one that was too long. It was like, and I was like, "That's too much." So we had to like figure it out, and we we literally spent like three hours just trying to get the perfect drop oh for, for our music. And we finally got it and and worked it out into the set. And then we practiced. That wasn't even a day we were supposed to be. Rehearsing. We were just like, fuck it. We got our instruments. Let's just go. Let's just go practice right now. Just because we had that bass drop, practice it with everything to see. Like, it, it was great. Did y'all yeah, practice a lot drops, during the week? Um, Yeah, actually. So we, pra- we, we played all the time. Like, we didn't practice as a band all week, but just individually. And then we, would, we were always together with instruments anyway. So we always ended up practicing. We just didn't practice with vocals all the time. So that that was the difference. Like we didn't practice with vocals nearly as much as we did with just the instruments because we were together so much that playing music is what you know brought us together anyway. So we would just play. Okay. We we had I think it was Monday, Wednesday, Fridays maybe. Sometimes mm-hmm. the day would get changed where it'd be a Tuesday or Thursday. I think those were our days where we practiced as a band every week. Like mm-hmm. usually a couple hours. I mean we would run the set 
at least twice all the way through. And I know, especially like as bigger shows would come up, like if we weren't writing a song or doing anything or we, uh, if we had like a tour or something coming up, we went even harder. I remember one time we actually ran, we did the set like a couple times. And then as a band went jogging and running. So we had like stamina. Cause I was like, I'll be damned if I'm getting tired on stage. Like that, that's the thing. Like when, so during this time, that was when all of us actually were going to the gym all the time. Like we, we didn't run a whole lot. I, I know I wasn't running much at this time, like not yet anyway, but I, I was the only member that working two jobs and going to school and uh, like college and everybody else was either working or going to school or some semblance of both. But like, yeah, dude, I, I literally had no time. I was, I had school, I had two jobs I had band practice. I had shows that we were playing. Then we were doing tour stuff. Then we were having to make merch and then do this and then writing songs and all that. And then changing lyrics around to kind of fit the, the mood a bit. So I was like literally every single day I was doing something and going to the gym. And then I started going to the gym because this was around the time I went through like a really nasty breakup through whatever. And I just started going to the gym like twice a day. So my stamina at this time was just like ridiculously high. So like Running through the set, we would run through the set, honestly, when we practiced, we would run through our entire set like three times and then just practice individual songs a couple of times. And then like parts that I needed help on or needed to work on, we would go through that. They would just isolate certain parts of Christian, check this out. The bridge doesn't sit right now. So let's work through the bridge. So Jesse, the or he would just literally play the bridge on drums. Sometimes he would get on guitar too. Like he played all the instruments, right? So like we just go through certain parts of the song until we got it to where we needed it to be. And then I would just practice my stage presence on my own because they didn't really, they didn't really move around nearly as much as I did at the time. So I would get hyped seeing people in the crowd when we went to play and I would feed off of the crowd's energy so that I could do more stuff because if they were like, they were like really trying to get everything tight all the time, which is what you should do because people come to see you play what your music sounds like on recordings, right? So they would do that. But I would like fuck with the crowd a lot. And I would feed sometimes, I would feed like, like sometimes I tell him stuff that would be cool to say on stage. Or, or we would have like our own little side jokes and shit that we would say on stage to keep each other hype. And we would just do that. And I knew every time, like never eat before a show, always eat after. Because if you eat before a show and you get on stage and you get nervous at all, you're getting the bubble guts. There's no oh there's God. no alternative to that. I'm telling you. So like, yeah, that's what we would do. But yeah, we would run. I was a, a lot of times like our first run through of the set, like in practice would be half, half ass stage presence. Like mostly it's like not really warming up because everybody would kind of do their little thing to warm up originally. Like Eric would be like over there like, playing something or goofing off and like our drummer would be doing like little things feels or like stuff with his feet and what you know everybody had like their own thing i would be saying really dumb stuff on the microphone because that's what i did just saying stupid things all the time um and then when we do the set you know it would be kind of halfway into it and then it would usually be a break once we finish that and then it's like full send it's full send like all right this is a show go go hard everybody go hard the entire set play like you are gonna play at the show and i feel like that helped us a lot like it kept I don't know. Like, like I said, by the time we got to the show, I honestly, I didn't think about anything except like, all right, I probably need to say this in between songs. I probably need to address this show coming up at this date or like whatever. But most of it, like it just, you kind of just, I went with the flow, like the entire set and had it pretty much muscle memory. Um, huge shout out. You mentioned them earlier to the Red's Rec boys. Uh, 
They were a good band. A lot of, a lot of good times there. And then um, also, to go back to my original point that got us off on this tangent, pretty much what I'm trying to say is, what I was trying to say, if you are a more radio-friendly rock person, it's probably way harder for you to play metal than it would be for a metal person to play a radio rock. If that's what I'm... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's essentially what I was going for. I feel like it's easier for them to play other genres than maybe a blues drummer to go play metal or a jazz drummer. And and those dudes are freaking disgusting, by the way. Like, not yeah. shit on any genre, but that's just... I feel like it's easier for them to potentially transition than the other way. But I could be wrong. I mean, a jazz person could pick it up easy. But there is weird time signatures and all kinds of stuff, so... We'll get off that tangent, but if you'd like to hear more band stuff, definitely let us know. We have stories for days and days yeah. and days. Somebody is literally knocking on my door as we're recording in real time, and I they just won't stop knocking. So I'm gonna go check that out. Uh, okay, this is how you get. This is how a horror movie starts. Just this so. is how they start. Yeah, I hope this isn't a horror movie, by the way. Okay, well I'll talk about what I've been into. Uh, while you do that. All right. Well, well, Christian goes and potentially gets uh. Hopefully not uh, murdered from uh, a random person knocking on his door. One thing I wanted to talk about that we uh, have been into this past week. I started the game Starfield finally. Um, I decided to go ahead and give it a shot. And what I will have, I have not a lot to say because I'm I'm like maybe, I don't know, three, four hours in, four or five hours, maybe five hours. I don't know, somewhere around there, not too long. Um, I made a super old looking guy, but he's a very distinguished guy. He has white dreads pulled back and he has a beard with a sweet mustache that comes up uh, and he looks awesome. So don't judge. He's an old man space guy. I don't know how to describe him. Uh, the game is pretty awesome. It is. There's a ton to do. There's a ton of dialogue. Uh, they have obviously they've spent a ton of time making this, but there's a lot going on and I personally, especially at the start, feel like an idiot because there's just so much information I'm trying to take in at once that I'm like, wow, I feel really dumb. Like, I was just like, where's my cargo? Where's my cargo hold on my ship? And I felt like an idiot because I couldn't find it. And then I found it and I was like, wow, I'm an idiot. Uh, but the game's cool. I really enjoyed it so far. It's fun. The gunplay has been fun. Uh, the story seems interesting. So I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed uh, interacting with other characters. I've enjoyed running around, shooting stuff and flying. Space looks awesome. Uh, and I can't wait to see more of like the ship customization and stuff like that. But uh, so far, it's been fun. It's been a, it's been a good experience. And like I said, I don't have a lot to say because I'm not really deep into the game. But so far, it's been pretty cool. And uh, I feel like, like more on. So uh, hopefully, as I learn more stuff, because it is a lot of information at once, then uh, then I'll definitely. What did feel. you What did you choose? Like I don't know if you already said that, dude. But, like, I don't know. I I made my guy an old man looking guy. He's got white hair oh. with dreadlocks pulled back and like a little ponytail. And then he's got like this sweet beard with like a mustache that curls up. So he's like this sophisticated, ruthless old man because he's got like a half skull tattoo here and like a scar. I don't know. He okay. looks wild. I don't, I don't know. I just was rolling well. I was like, it's, this works for it. So we're going to do that. Um, okay. As long as it works, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, I think he's unidentified. I don't really remember or something. I picked a weird thing and then he has like a perk where you have an adoring fan that gives you gifts. And mm. I don't I don't remember what all I picked. Some I don't know. I think extra like oxygen or something. I don't know. I can't remember. I was just winging it because I it was like I said it's a lot of information thrown at you. And I was like, the hell is all this? But it's Bethesda game. It's how it works. Um, other than that, there was two things that were announced this week that I wanted to address briefly. Uh, the first one being 
the fall of how oh wait fall of the house of usher wow that's hard to say mm-hmm. uh is coming out on I, yeah, Netflix. Yeah, I can see either way. That's easy to mess up. October twelfth. So just in time for spooky season. Uh, it is originally done by Edgar Allan Poe, a short story by Edgar Allan Poe, and it is done. This series is done by uh, Mike Flanagan. I think that's how you say his name. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it, Mike Flanagan. Uh, who did Midnight Mass, uh, Blah Manor, Haunting of Hill House, all that stuff, Midnight Club, all that. So I'm very interested. A lot of the cast is coming back, and I see right here that actually Mark Hamill will be in it. So that also excites me a little bit. So I'm really curious to see that and watch it. Um, I didn't watch the original. I don't know if Christian did, but there was a movie in the 60s with Vincent Price. I haven't watched it, and I don't think I'm familiar with the story. Did you say you had? I know what it is, but I I haven't watched it. Okay. So I'm I'm excited. That's perfect spooky time for me to, to watch that. Other than that, there is some Mortal Kombat news that came out today, or not today, excuse me, in the last couple days, and that would be another confirmed character, playable character, Natara, who is a uh, manipulative, manipulative, I can't talk, I stroked out trying to say the word for some reason, vampire, why I can't say the first part, I don't know, but uh, who, uh, yeah, she's from Outworld, and she's voiced by Megan Fox. I don't know much about her, I actually don't remember her, um... I guess she's from Deadly Alliance, which I didn't play, you, so that's probably why. She is. Do you remember End Deception, I believe? Remember the Mortal Kombat movie that came out a few years ago? Um, yes. She was in that movie. She was the first character to get fatalityed. Oh! Uh, Kung, Kung, Kung Lao killed her. Yeah, that was Yeah, I was like, I guess they just made her up. Okay, she's Deadly Alliance girl, though. That's where she first come from. Apparently. She's a vampire with the big wings. But yeah, uh, Kung Lao killed her in the movie with a fatality. Okay. So yeah, she's confirmed as a character. I'm curious to see her. don't really know much about like her play style or anything, but uh, awesome. I mean, another cool character added. Roster is looking pretty nice. I can't lie. Um, did you have anything uh, you wanted to add on that before? Can you go over? Yeah, so with Natara, I'm actually really excited to play as her again. She wasn't like one of my favorite characters or anything. It's just nice to see some some older characters that were so here's what i'm trying to say tara was a newer character when like uh, deadly alliance came out and we just didn't see her again so having her come back in the game and have like a combo set that looks really cool is awesome as far as the megan fox aspect of that goes mortal kombat has this trend right now where they get an uh, an actor to come in and voice a character for whatever the reason is, but like like with Ronda Rousey, for an example, she voiced uh, Sonya Blade in Mortal Kombat 11, right? I didn't really care about the voicing of her. Like, I, I didn't really... Ronda Rousey is not a voice actor, right? So it wasn't the best thing I've ever heard. It actually sounds pretty pretty weird, and it made Sonya less, uh, less fun. Like, her, especially in the story mode, she was, like, so annoying because her voice was just... Oh, droll is what I'm looking for. Um, now with Megan Fox, Megan Fox is actually an actress, right? She's an actress, so she does these things. So her voice definitely sounds better blended to this character. However, that's not like a selling point for me. Uh, I don't have anything against Megan Fox whatsoever, um, to be honest. But it's just like, why was that the choice? I don't like, that, really that's care. what I'm thinking. Like, it doesn't really affect me. The only one that I ever yeah, like, really got excited for as far as like the voice actors in Netherrealm was uh, Robert England for Scarecrow in Injustice 2. I was just excited because oh, yeah, I'm a Robert England fan. So I was just like, ooh. I am too. 
Um, but I mean, they do get some voice actors that are dope. Like I, I love the. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, they got Peter Peter Weller to come back, I believe, for more. For, no, no, did Peter Weller come back for more for uh, more Common Eleven for RoboCop, or was that somebody else? I don't remember. Oh, no, speaking of voice get... actors, uh, J.K. Simmons is confirmed yeah. for Omni Man, and John Cena is confirmed for um, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. Um, Anthony Anthony, sorry, I almost messed it up again. Anthony Starr hasn't been confirmed yet for Homelander. I hope he does it, but. It would, yeah. it would just make logical sense. If it would. It would make perfect sense. Uh, while we're on Mortal Kombat, before I forget and lose this, it was just announced a few minutes ago. Uh, the next combat cast will be next Wednesday at around noon Central Time. So, September 13th. So, we'll have a combat cast to talk about next week. And I'll probably watch it on my stream like I did last time. Just saying. That's actually nice. So another combat cast. I don't know who they're talking about. I didn't see any of that. I just saw that NetherRealm announced it. I, I love you those. You just saw there's one. Do what? Yeah, I mean, I like seeing those. You just saw there's one coming out. Um, yeah. But anyway, back on Natara. Like, I'm actually excited she's in the game. I'm ready to, to have her back in it. Um, this was To me, this is a really good time for her to be in the game because they're doing a hard reset on a bunch of things. So, like, why not put her in the game? She wasn't a bad character, so it's really cool. There are characters that other people want more so. But Natara was just like an easy, easy win for me, and I'm I'm here for it. So I'm actually excited she's in the game. Her character design looks fantastic. She looks great. Um, I, I literally have no. She looks better than she's ever looked in any of the other games, hands down to me. And it's not because the graphics are so much better. Her character design is just actually really good. It's just well fucking done. So good job, NetherRealm, for that. It's 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 nice. It's really nice to see that some of the. I will say some of the character designs for these characters have not been the best for me. And then I know that there are people who really hate the MK1, MK11, like female redesigns because they lack outfits and they're not as sexy anymore and they don't show as much skin. Like, whatever. Like, they're fighting for their lives. So they don't need it ain't to be time to be sexy. Like, it's time to fight. Exactly. They don't need, you don't need to wear a, a, a on panties or a thong and, and a weird sheer top to 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 fight somebody to the death like that doesn't make sense um them wearing their these armor sets and stuff are cool they make sense for these characters plus i know that they're trying to be a little bit more inclusive now uh and i don't care like i honestly don't give a shit about that i just want to design like their face models and their designs in general to look good not attractive but look good so for an example like uh there was a, a reptile reptile is a perfect example his character design has been to me, pretty fucking bad for a while. But this one, so good, really good. I love this this version. Right, he, him, and his like human humanoid like like form looks great. He looks great, and then when he transforms into the reptile character that we know now, it looks great. But it looks good because you get both. He's not just a reptile now with you no know, with a, a humanoid. Right, he doesn't look like the lizard from Spider Man. And that's not what I wanted for him. I wanted him to look like a ninja with the green gi and all this shit. And that's what they gave him again, and he transforms. It looks it's so good. That's such a perfect example. So I love that. And another another is is I've I've used this before. I used to think Frost was one of the coolest looking characters because one, we don't have a lot of female ninja characters. Having her come in and just be like a female Sub Zero with her own set was awesome. And then they changed it for Mortal Kombat 11 because she was a cyborg, right? 
I didn't really care about her design that much. And then her moveset to me was just not great. I didn't like it. But I liked Frost, so I tried really hard to learn how to play with her. But on this one, even though she's not a playable character, she's just a cameo, she looks cool because it's her original design, and that's what I like to see. So I'm just happy that we get characters being designed well again in the game. Like I know that people are, are probably clowning in the comments right now because of... Uh, What's her name? Uh, God, what's the character Tanya? that wears the yellow outfit? Tanya. Like people are clowning Tanya right now. Like she looks so bad, and I was just like, I mean, I don't think that she looks that bad to be honest with you. She looks, she definitely looks different, and I didn't know that that was Tanya until they said her name in the trailer. Like whatever, bro. Like give me the character, make her move set dope, and we're good. I'm moving past it. Uh, Lee May looks great. So like, I just, I just really like. Um, that they're putting time into these. Raiden looks very different, but also very much the same. I, I don't know how to explain that in a better way. She just looks hella different. And I'm sorry, he looks very different. And I'm just excited to play this new Raiden. Like, I hope that he has a whole, a whole new moveset. I hope that he has some stuff that comes back that we used to love, like the, you know, the, the, the charge across the screen. I hope that his throws are dope as fuck. Like, I'm just excited to see what this game is going to offer me. And speaking of that, uh, I don't know. I don't think that you said this already, but they, they John Claude skin for Johnny. Did you see that? Yeah, they dropped that yesterday or today, didn't they? Yeah. Um, what did you think of that? I was I was curious. Um, it's okay. I mean, it's it's whatever to me, just because Johnny. I expect to look like Johnny, but them making him look like an actor that he's not is kind of whatever. Like I don't really care. <laughs> I mean. It's like, hey, here's Sub-Zero, but instead we're going to make him look like Mr. Freeze from Batman. Or something. It's like, okay, whatever. Like, what? <laughs> you, the, let, me just, let me just give you, like, for those of you listening, I'm going to try to explain this with words, but for those of you watching, just, this is what that sounded like, Sin. I mean, I saw it, and it was just like, and you got really high about it, and then about it as you were talking, it was just like, yeah, uh, okay. You just deflated. It's whatever. You sounded, you sounded deflated and defeated when you brought that. I mean, it's cool. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme, but at the same time, eh, it's whatever. Like, well, You want to know my thoughts on that? Sure. What are your thoughts? I think that this is one of the single greatest things they could have. I'm kidding. I, I didn't give a shit either. Yeah, I mean, care. what does it matter? It's It obviously does not look like Johnny. It looks like Jean-Claude Van Damme. But it doesn't, though. I mean, yeah. It's kind of like, it's, it's like it, they it, had a it baby. Looks like, it looks like Johnny, but he took his sunglasses off. And he's just wearing a John Claude Van Damme like, so it's, costume. I don't know. It's whatever. The, like I'm not just wearing shorts. Mm. If it was for sale, they're like, you have to pay a couple dollars to get this skin. I wouldn't buy it because I'm like, well, I don't know why. Exactly. Why does it matter? If it wasn't free, I wouldn't care at all. You know and what I mean? even though it's like, free, am I going to use it? Eh, probably not. I don't know. I may for giggles, but it. I like John get, Van Damme. Don't get, get me wrong. Just, with I, Johnny, I don't care. Like it's in me. If I get good with Johnny in this game, then sure I'll use it because it's just like to add salt to the wound, you know. But I'm looking for Johnny skins that look like Johnny's that I'm used to playing. So I'm looking for Johnny that has the the fucking pants and the no top and 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 even I even though I hate this version of Johnny, I'm even gonna be looking for the Johnny tattoo Johnny. You know what I'm saying? The like cage across or whatever. Is it Johnny or is it? Yeah, no, it, it literally says Johnny. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, but like, yeah. Look well, for those things. Let's. No, I got one more Mortal Kombat okay. question before we move. Christian on. can't get off Mortal Kombat. 
just one more question. What is something that you were that you need from this game that that whether it's it to be in my hands or now? Back Aside from that, what is something that you were absolutely looking forward to playing this game? Like you 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 crave this thing to be in the game. You want to see this. What is that thing? Hmm. Towers. Sorry. Towers. Oh, towers. Okay. What kind of like the special towers? Specialty. Towers? I just I like towers because it's another form of practice for me. Because like besides yeah. going into like an actual practice session and just sitting there working on combos and labbing it up, I use towers to try characters I wouldn't know. Like in more, obviously it's not the same as playing a person, but it gives me a chance to kind of like get basic feel for the characters and like string and stuff. And this can do this with this and whatever, and kind of practicing it in that scenario um, and changing the difficulty and all. Um, and I mean, it's, they're going to have towers. I'm pretty sure they'll have towers cause we already saw it in the beta and I enjoy the arcade stuff. Um, but just not to suck. Other than that, just don't suck. Just be good. As long as you're good, I'm gonna be happy and I'm gonna have fun. And I'm gonna play the piss out of you. Cause I love Mortal Kombat. That's fair. That's fair. Is there something you okay. need specifically? That I need. I mean, you gave um, me a pretty, honestly, a pretty strong roster. Like, I have plenty of characters that right now in my mind will they com will completely probably change once I play. But I have like a list of characters for rotation already that I'm like, I'm gonna try these characters out, and they, I'm gonna say hopefully they'll be in my rotation. There are two things that I that I really want from this game. One of those being. Uh, I actually literally just forgot one of them, so I'll tell you the other one. So Jesus I just left my brain. No. But one thing that I loved in Mortal Kombat 11, that I absolutely love that I hope is in this game, is unlockables. I love having love having a reason to keep playing the game. You're talking I about from, like, the crypt? To, yeah. Uh, it doesn't, that's an I know, invasion. I know, no, I know. That I, don't, I don't mean the crypt it, per se. I just mean... Something that gives me extra shit for playing the game longer than you to play. The you're game. probably so in like, there. There's a currency, getting... so I'm sure there is unlockables. Like you're probably gonna. Yeah. But I wanna, I wanna, I wanna unlock like different costumes, different colors, different, different skins. Even I wanna unlock like something as simple as like, all right, this Johnny has on loafers, this Johnny has on boots. Like just little things like that matter to me. Now I know that that sounds really dumb. Didn't and they confirm that? But like didn't they confirm, they did confirm the, that? They did confirm that. that However, we haven't unlocked like it's not necessarily gear like the previous ones, but I feel like it's cosmetic. I could be wrong. I could be way off. Yeah, but like I guess what I'm trying to say is like I love having those cosmetic things that you can up that you could upgrade because that makes the game life the, the shelf life of the game much longer. Because here's the thing. Mortal Kombat's going to drop. We're all going to play the story. Once we beat we're going to play some towers. Once we play the towers, we're going to fuck around with different characters and try to get some fatalities going on. And then once that's done, the only thing you got left to do after that is to just play online, rank matches and shit, right? So aside from that, the only other thing you have to look forward to is when they finally drop out. That's the other thing. I think I'm, I'm glad I remembered it. The other thing I want is I'm hoping they decrease the window of time you have to wait before they drop new combat packs. Because... I don't want to play the game for six months, then get a combat pack, then another six months, then get a combat pack. And that's not how it is, per se. I'm just using that as an example. Like, I would love to have a shorter gap in time. Like, it doesn't have to be hella short. I don't mind waiting two months for a combat pack. Three months, maybe, to play a combat pack. But, like, once you get to that three-month marker, bro, like, other games are coming out, right? So I don't want to be playing 
um, Mortal Kombat over and over and over again and waiting for the new characters to drop that I feel like that I need, that I deserve. But then I start playing Spider-Man 2, right? And then I don't go back to Mortal Kombat. And then the characters drop and I see the stuff online about it. And I'm just like, oh, that looks cool. I'll get to it eventually. And then I go back to Spider-Man, right? Like, I don't want to do that. I want to be able to, to, to get those characters a little bit sooner because it keeps me interested. It keeps me from playing other shit. Like, I don't want to put anything else in my, in my PS5 because I'm so stuck on Mortal Kombat 1. Like, that's how I want that to be. I'm not, I don't, that's experience may be like that. It may not be like that. But that's just, I just miss that feeling of, no, this playing until I'm done. Like that, you know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I want to get that that feeling. Get, so those are the two things I would love to have from from Mortal Kombat. Aside from that, that definitely happened in K11 for me. Like some, they would release people and yeah. I would play them, and then I was like, okay, cool. And then I'd go back to whatever else I was doing previously. I will say this though, and I'll and this is the last thing I'll say about Mortal. Kombat. When Mortal Kombat 11 came out, I played that game almost every day for a full year because I was just that into it. I played the shit out of that game. And then I stopped, I slowed down, and then this is what happened. One of my favorite characters that I don't talk about a whole lot, they, they dropped that he was coming out. And when he came out and we had a skin for him that I've been wanting for literally ever, I was like, well, I'm back on Mortal Kombat and I'm only playing this character. And that was when they dropped Shang Tsung. When they dropped Shang Tsung and, and MK11, I was like, cloud nine, bro. First of all, I love Shang Tsung because he's such a little a little such a little bitch that's the best way i can describe him he's such a little bitch but i love his character because he's so good at being bad he's so good at being the villain he's so good at being a little asshole i love playing him and when they gave us the the skin for the actor bro uh uh because i can't think of his name right now from the uh, old Mortal Kombat movie yeah when they gave us his skin i was like oh we get to play as that skin but then they dropped the the voice actor did it too dog I was like, yeah, I'm playing this. I played that game for another three months, just sick Shang Tsung, because I love. So what you're saying is, you're gonna be Shang Tsung on MK1, and I'm gonna give you them hands. What I'm saying is, you're gonna be I'm like, your soul's mine. Have... Oh no, I got a foot in my ass. What I'm saying is, Shang Tsung is going to absolutely find himself into my main roster of, of characters, and I'm gonna dominate. That's what I'm saying. Ooh, I can't wait. I can't wait. The trash talk just ramps up until the game comes out. Like it just, and no, then it, it continues. But you gotta love it. That's the beauty of fighting games. Absolutely. All right. Moving on, man. Moving on. Moving on. Christian, you have a choice of what we're doing next. Okay. I mean, have you looked? Have you looked at the agenda? I have not looked. At the this agenda. is this is a professional podcast, ladies and gentlemen, and here we are with our co co-host with a uh, his pants around his ankles. Looking like a fool with pants. I, you know what? I think I think I think I know what we should do because fall is upon us. Mm-hmm. Fall. What what comes with fall is spooky season, okay. and that's our favorite season of the year. Yes. So I think we should talk about something spooky right now. Okay. With that said, I think we should talk about spooky films that okay. are coming out. So, uh, I will tell you this. One last thing that I watched over the week that we didn't discuss uh, was Interview with the Vampire series that Christian went into, I think, pretty, oh, good, man. pretty good links. Hold oh, on, man. slow your roll. He went into good links on it last, I believe, last year on the pod. Yeah, it was last year. But I'm going to save that for next week because, sole reason, first off, we are, actually two reasons. We're getting low on time, first off. Second off, I have one episode to go. And I'll have it done. So, to help with avoiding spoilers, and if you haven't watched it yet, you have a week to prepare yourself 
Second off, it's been out for a year plus. It's on Max right now, so if you didn't have, uh, what was it on originally? AMC Plus or something? AMC Plus, yeah. Yeah. It's on Max right now. They've they've moved it over. So go watch it. I think it's seven episodes. We're on the final episode. We will talk about it next week. And hopefully by then, this will also give me a chance to refresh. It will give me a chance to refresh on the movies. I'm going to watch Interview of the Vampire from 1994, I think. I could be wrong. With Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. Is that right? 94? Yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm going to rewatch that because also the missus has not watched it. And I'm going to watch Queen of the Dam because the soundtrack of that alone makes me want to watch that. So I'm going to rewatch that and that way I'll have it fresh on my brain for us to have a full discussion about Interview of the Vampire. So you have that. I am excited to talk about this. I can't lie. There's some stuff that I want to talk about. Uh, I kind of wish I had the book read because I don't know the source material. I don't know how... Obviously, there's deviations from what I can remember in the movie. It's been a long time since I watched it. And the show, same premise, but there's definitely deviations. But I don't know what the original... Did you ever read the original book? Yeah. You have? Okay. So, this will be a fun conversation next week. So, look forward to that. Interview the Vampire. I should have the show done. I will have the show done. And uh, plan on watching the movies. So, but until then, as Christian said, spooky season's upon us. We are in September right now. And we start spooky season a month early. Actually, we live it year-round. But, you know, I guess to be accepted right now, it is fine to start watching it. I've been doing some spooky shows in preparation for my spooky movie binge coming up. But I wanted to go over uh, horror movies that are releasing in September in the month we're in now. So you can prep and get ready for spooky season. And we'll do this pretty quick because we are running out of time. Uh, but we have All Fun and Games. It came out September 1st. It looks like it had uh, the kid from... Actually, it had... who? Oh, um, what's her name? Is it Nancy? What is the Stranger Things sister name? Nancy? It's Nancy. Nancy mm-hmm. in it, and then the, the main kid from Sex Education. I can't even try to say his name. Um, I know nothing about that, actually. I haven't seen it. Have you seen anything about All Fun and Games? I don't even know where... No, I'm I trying to see where it's coming out. Uh, it's when a group of teenagers discover a cursed dagger in Salem, a city where witch trials were held in the 16th century. I'm glad they put that in parentheses like we didn't know what Salem was. But okay, whatever. They unwittingly unleash a horror, a horrifying demon that forces them to play deadly versions of childhood games. Che- uh, the teens have two choices, play and die, trying to survive or get killed abruptly. Um, okay, I didn't know anything about that. Next one, The Nun 2. The Nun returns September 8th. Um, that's uh, that's that's at the time of this recording. That is today. That movie yeah, dropped so it comes out last now. night. So the next so. installment in the Conjuring universe. There we go. I was struggling with what I was going to say there. Universe, the Nun Two, mm-hmm. um, a haunting in Venice, September fifteenth. Um, it's also not saying where these are dropping. I don't know if they're all coming to theaters or coming to streaming services. I'm sure some of them are coming to streaming services. So I don't know. Um. Let's see. What does it give us about the description? Haunting of Venice upcoming uh, blends the genre of post-World War II theme and appear... Okay. That's just... I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really give me a description on it. So that's wonderful. Oh, it looks like a murder mystery kind of thing. Uh, let's see. Where the living can make contact with the dead. In Venice, a guest is murdered unexpectedly and now is up to the former detective to find the killer. So yeah, one of those kind of movies. Oh, I saw the trailer for that, actually. Okay. Next one, It Lives Inside, September 22nd. Do you know anything about that one? Apparently, it earned a 67% critics rating after its screening in South by Southwest. 
Plot revolves around an Indian-American teenager who, after having a fallout with her best friend about her cultural identity, accidentally unleashes a demonic en- entity that feeds on her loneliness and grows stronger by the day. Well, that sounds messed up. <laughs> that sounds really screwed up. Okay, so that comes out uh, September 22nd. Also September 22nd, we have No One Will Save You. Uh, It doesn't feature a spirit or demonic entity, which seems to be a theme of all the other ones we announced. Uh, Bryn Adams is a young woman who has been exiled by her local community for her anxiety-ridden behavior. But her concerns soon become reality when she faces otherworldly intruders in her secluded home where no one can possibly save her. It doesn't necessarily need to feature a... What? Oh, to deliver jump scares. Okay. Uh, Psychological horror film. There we go. Then we have Deliver Us, September 29th. Was originally titled Killed the Child. Okay. Well, that sounds awful. But uh, <laughs> later changed the Vatican? to complications that may arise given its premise. Oh, God. Okay. Uh, the Vatican is concerned about the ancient prophecy that she would give birth to twins, one the Messiah, the other Antichrist. What follows is a battle between a mother who wants to protect her unborn children and those who are hell-bent on killing them. Oh, that sounds... So, Messiah and Damien, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Alright, and then we have Saul X in September 29th. Big, I guess, the biggest horror movie coming out in... Biggest of the franchises. I'm most well-known, probably, right? In September. Yeah, for sure, um, for sure. It's newest installment. Tobin Bell returns, reprising his role as Jigsaw Killer. And uh, let's see. It says he suffered from cancer, heads to Mexico after learning about a promising procedure that will cure his disease. However, he soon realizes that the cure they promised is nothing more than a scam to trap him, who will become the prey when Jigsaw Killer begins his own game. And that is our September horror movies. Is there any that stood out to you that you want to see? Or- um, I... I wasn't really interested in The Nun at all. I checked out a couple of the reviews for that earlier today before we recorded. And it's been getting like sevens all around, which is interesting. The Nun's creepy, but I. The first one was awful. I hated that movie. I liked The Nun's character in The Conjuring 2, but. Honestly, I don't even think we needed a Nun movie. Just show the creepy Nun and let it be that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, they wanted to branch off all of the little creepy demon characters that they show in, in the Conjuring Universe movies. They wanted to give them spinoffs to keep the, the horror movies alive and to keep making money, of course. So I think that The Nun 2 is definitely going to be better than the first one because the first Nun was terrible, just like Annabelle was. The first Annabelle was god-awful, but the second one, which was a prequel, ended up being awesome. So I, or I'm sorry, not a prequel, but the second movie ended up being awesome, so I really like that. And then the same thing ha- happened with, like, Ouija. The first Ouija was terrible, but the prequel movie, the second one, was awesome. So I think that they're just kind of doing that. They make a movie, and they don't put a lot of time and thought into it. It doesn't do well. And then they make another one, and they put a little bit more time and effort into it, and it does okay. I think that's kind of the, the the thing for these movies right now, which is crazy because typically sequels are not as good as the original. But it looks like that times are changing, and sequels are definitely a better way to go. So that's just kind of how things are right now. But um, I, The Nun 2, I'm, like, interested a little bit. Um, you did name a couple of other ones that sound interesting, but nothing, like, jumped out at me. I'm not yeah. really a big fan of what the Saw franchise became. Saw's so, kind of run its course. I think after the first one, I kind of just lost lost interest. 
okay. I was I was down for one, two, and three, and then after three, I was like, like the first one. I just remember the the twisted thing. I was like, okay, this is pretty good and different. And then now it's just overkill. Like at this point, like, did we really need ten of these movies? Spiral was awful. I don't care. Spiral was boo boo shoes. There was nothing good I could say about Spiral. I watched that movie and I was mad at myself for wasting my time. It had Samuel Jackson in it. That was good. The whole damn movie was boo boo shoes. It was awful. It was awful. It was, the it was jigsaw they did. Shoes. The voice. As soon as Jigsaw talked, I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, just stop." I'm not even scared of you. You need to go put yourself in a trap for sounding like that. Just go on somewhere. No. It wasn't. It wasn't good. It was it bad. Good. It was by far the worst of the Saw movies, and that's probably saying a lot. I mean, I think it is. Is yeah. it called The Book of Saw? Wasn't that it? Spiral, The Book of Saw, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Chris Rock was I your mattered. main character, which alone, I just, I had trouble accepting him in a more serious role. Like, seeing him as like, I'm a serious detective, I was like, no, you're not. You're not serious. I don't believe you. And I also don't believe you're a badass that's going in here and about to bust up this serial killer. For me, it was just the the problem was the, the if the movie wasn't a Saw movie, and it was just a movie about a detective looking for a serial killer, and the movie could have been fine. But tying it into the Saw universe is what really cash cow it down. Is what they're doing. That Same is, with Conjuring, like you just said, it's a cash cow. It's literally branching off the success of the other franchise. I agree one hundred percent. It's just there, there's no reason for some of these things. Like some things aren't really meant to be made because you end up just wasting money that could have went into something else i wonder if they even with that said they make money on that they probably made money solely because people were like oh saw and they went and saw it spiral 2021 film what was the box office box office 40.6 million dollars what did they pay what was the budget that's what i'm trying to find did they lose or um i don't I'm not seeing the budget. Are they not going to spiral budget? 20 mil. They made, they doubled their money. Come on. Solely because it's a Saul movie. Calling it. That's the only reason they doubled their money. Because it was, it was terrible. I, I have no saving grace for that. I can't give that any praise. Sorry. Same. Sorry. I guess can't, with that said, we could move on to the to the next part then. Next part. It's that time of the episode where we pass the whiskey. That's right. Get your whiskey as we go into our last call question. And I believe Mr. Christian here has got something he wants to ask us. I do. So last week, you'll remember I asked, what do you think one of the most if overrated horror movies of all time are? In your opinion. This week, I want to ask you, what do you think some of the most... I'm sorry, I asked you uh, the most underrated. No, 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 it was overrated. I'm sorry. It was overrated. So this week, I wanted to ask you what the most underrated were. So if you have underrated horror films, in your personal opinion, I want to know what those were. Before you even answer that question, let me just say this. To everyone listening, to everyone watching, to people doing both, if you don't have the same opinion as Sin or myself... That's great. Let us know why our opinions are different. In the comments, our socials, everywhere you can find us. Because that's the point of asking this question. 
Uh, I have an opinion about this, and I don't think it's wrong. I don't think it's right. But if you don't have the same opinion as me, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Tell me why you think my opinion is different from yours or why you think it's right. I want to know. Like I, that's why I ask these questions. So, Sin, what do you think is one of the most or a few of the underrated films are of all time? So if this was pre-2010, I would say Trick or Treat. But... No one except the really, really devout horror fans knew what the hell Trick or Treat was. Nobody. Nobody. And I don't care. You can argue that, people. Nobody knew what Trick or Treat was. I remember getting that. Listen. Listen to me and look me in the eye holes on YouTube. I remember getting that on Netflix in DVD before you could stream it. And I had to wait for months to get that thing. And when it came, I was like, ooh. And I watched it. It was like, hot damn. Yes, this is awesome. And then I watched it again. And I was like, oh, this is even better a second time. I'm catching stuff. And even to this day, I, that is a top movie for me. Love that movie. Now, though, fast forward to 2023, because the movie came out and I think, like, was it 2007 or so? Hmm. Something like that. What, with Trick or Treat? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it came out in 2007. Man. What year did it come no, out? No, you're right. You're right. It did come out in 2007. It took forever to get was widely released. It wasn't widely released in 2007, but that is when it came out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like before, now, I remember I made a Sam costume because you couldn't find one. You could not find mm-hmm. a Sam costume to save your life. I made my own to be Sam one year. Now, that I went to Spirit Halloween the other day. There's Sam stuff everywhere. Everywhere. All over the place. Killer mm-hmm. Clowns would be another one, I would say. Killer Clowns, that's, or Clowns from out, yeah, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. I'd be like, hey, that's one that's underrated. You know what? That stuff is everywhere now, too. So, with that being said, I'm going to throw some underrated movies. Um, movies I have to watch every year. Bendicio del Toro as Wolfman. That's one. I feel like a lot of people are not necessarily crazy about that movie. Didn't it get kind of rough reviews? Christian looks like he's dumbfounded at the moment. Do you you like that movie? You don't like it? Here's the thing. I actually do like Wolfman a lot. I like the movie. I think that the the studio did that movie a major disservice because they had so much going on for that movie, practical effects, what have you, and they switched a lot of stuff to digital effects. And those digital effects are really bad. It's the same not thing that happened though. with like, not flash bad. Mm, actually, I don't know. Them babies on the same. No man, there's a part where he's transforming in the in the asylum or whatever, and those effects are terrible. Those I terrible. like Wolfman. Um, I'm gonna keep it going. I love the movie. I love the movie, and that's I do one, think the missus loves it, which says a lot. We have to watch that every every year. Um, another one I'm going to put That's up there good. would be, it's very rare for me to pick a remake over an original, but Fright Night. I actually really like Colin Farrell as a vampire. I know a lot of, some people don't care for Colin Farrell. I personally think he is, I think, I feel like he's an attractive looking man. So you get that charming, you can see why people are drawn to him kind of thing. 
But he also has certain ways he looks where he looks evil as shit, and I love it. And I personally really dig him as a vampire. So I'm going to put that one up there. Looks um, like a fucking Jerry, man. I'm telling you. He th- I thought he did good. I know the original, a lot of people really love the original. I actually really do like the remake. I do enjoy it. Um, God, dude, this is a hard question. Underrated. Um, Misery. Is Misery underrated? I don't think Misery is underrated. Uh, honest, but but go off, man. Go off. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think of movies that are not necessarily like, obviously like your Pennywise's, your Jasons, your like all that. Um, season of the of the Witch, Halloween three. I think I think if it wasn't under the yeah, Halloween yeah. umbrella, that would be much bigger than it is. But if you take it with a grain of salt, like hey, this isn't going to be a Michael movie, and you watch it, it's actually a pretty good horror movie. It really is. Um, God, dude. All right, what are yours? I gotta think for a minute. You, oh, Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods slaps. I love that movie. The original, the original, or the remake? The one with Thor in it. Hemsworth. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. You said Cabin in the Woods. I was thinking Cabin Fever. Not Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Mm. Cabin Fever is not scary. It's gross. I don't know. I don't think Cabin in the Woods is underrated. I think that people love that movie, but I think now a lot of people that they like that movie have gone watch it and now don't like it as much. I don't know what the reason for that is necessarily, but there are a lot of people now who are preemptively going back and watching that movie and not liking it as much. Um, But that movie did exactly what it needed to do, what it set out to do. And I, I think it's good. I don't think that it's underrated necessarily, but I, I do agree that you know there are, there's a big group of people out there that fucking hate that movie. And I don't. Do really you think Thirty that. Days and Nights underrated or overrated? I think if you're in a it, here's the thing. I think it's both. If you are a vampire fan, that movie is overrated. If you're not like the biggest vampire fan in the world and movie and like it then that's exactly Wait, what why are you saying I, it's overrated as a vampire fan i personally think those vampires i like them so much more than like regular vampires hell with being charming give me the predator that is just ruthless talking a bunch of bullshit that i can't understand and just eating everything here i mean the, the reason why i say this is because if you talk to a vampire fan something similar to yourself like that movie up so fucking much don't get me wrong i actually really like the but but when you hear those fans talk about the movie, like it can do no wrong. It's the best. Those vampires are always going to be on top. But there's a reason why we don't have those types of vampires a lot, and it's because to the the general public, man, though they that's don't not sell necessarily what they want to see. Exactly, they don't. Interview with the um, vampire. You have and we're going back to that. You have a look at Lestat, who is Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is going to sell tickets. Thirty Days a Night. About, you have um, what is that act? I can't think of the main actor's name. Not not Josh Hartnett, but Josh uh, Hartnett. the main no the the main vampire. Oh, uh, uh, I don't remember his name. Like the leader of their group, about. he obviously is not. There is no sex appeal to those vampires. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's no sex appeal. There's no like, they're just ruthless killers, essentially. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I actually really enjoy that too about about vampires. I like that ruthless killers, the them just doing their thing. The only difference. And not necessarily with that movie because they kind of explain everything away. But if I'm going to make a film, comic book, whatever, there has to be a a semblance of realism, right? So, like I said, that movie does it very well. 
But typically when you have movies like that, you want to be able to tell this vampire story and it be alluring to you. You want to be a vampire. You would want the audience members to be a vampire or to root for them even though they're the villains, right? But it's hard to do that with those types of vampires. Also, vampires like that, like let's say you had those vampires, just one in a city. Everybody's dead. There's no more eating more them building their ranks. There's no more survival for them. They're going to eat every fucking body. And then there will be no more humans left. And then they'll eventually die anyway. Or, or Well, I guess they're immortal, so they wouldn't. There'd just be nothing less, nothing else left to eat, right? So like that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Like There has to be a balance. So if you're going to have vampires like that, you have to put them in an isolated place. And that's why I'm so for different types of vampires in lore like yeah there are vampires but all of them aren't the same you have different ones like these are the more feral ones these are these like vampire the masquerade that's so alluring to me because there's different types but to answer your question i love that movie did we lose christian did he get so excited about vampires that we lost him we may have lost him uh um, that's a hard question. Underrated. Underrated, underrated. Um, I just have one come to mind. And it totally just, I totally just, uh, I went blank on it. I'm gonna be honest. I completely went blank on it. I had a good one too. Um, man, what was it? Now I can't even think of what it was. I had a good one that's underrated. Oh, Dead Don't Die. Christian may argue with this one too. The Dead Don't Die, I feel like, is a pretty fun, underrated uh, zombie movie. It has um, Bill Murray in it and um, Adam Driver. I don't know. It's just it's fun. It breaks the fourth wall stuff a little bit. I, I like it. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that's underrated. So that'll yeah, be my, my, my uh, Dead Don't Die is like, another hey, one. Dead Don't Die is also – actually, I haven't watched all of that yet. Dead Don't Die so is underrated, I'm going to say it. I, I personally like that. Uh, first time I watched it, I was like, what the hell? And then the more I watched it, the more I appreciate it and like it. And the, the fourth wall breaks. I remember we were on this podcast when you first told us about watching that movie. And you weren't that excited about it. But you've watched it more since and now you like I it. Like, it's one of the movies that grows on you. Like, I don't know. Some some movies I'll watch and I'm like, okay. But then as you rewatch it, you appreciate it more. And you may pick up on more things. And it just... It's like a, a fungus, I guess. It just grows on you. You're like, damn, okay. Let me let me tell you. You go on into movie, it. I'm gonna keep I, thinking. I have one you put movie. me on the spot. What? I did. I have one movie, one horror movie that I think is extremely underrated, and okay. I wanted to to give that movie some light. And I thought you were gonna say it earlier because you mentioned uh, it's rare when you like a remake more than an original movie. Okay. And this movie is a remake. And it's from 1988. It is The Blob. I fucking Ooh. love The Blob from 1988. I think it's one of the coolest horror movies I've ever seen. It's scary in parts it needs to be, at least for that type of horror, right? Um, it, it tells a story. I really like the main characters. I like the swerve where you think this guy's the main character, the love interest, and he gets fucking got immediately. I love that. I love the creature of the blob. I love what it does. I love how it leaves people. I love how it consumes people. I love what it looks like. Most of the effects from that movie hold up. I love how they defeat the creature. I love the weakness for it. I love like all of that shit, bro. That movie is fan 
fantastic. It's just long enough. It's not, it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like an hour and 35 minutes. It's got Shawnee Smith in it, my dude, from uh from Saw. We were just talking about Saw 2 and 3. She's Amanda. Like, I love that she's in it. Like, that movie just is firing on all cylinders. It's campy when it needs to be. It's serious when it needs to be. I love it. The budget for that movie was only like $10 million. And I know that the movie bombed in theaters. Like, I know that it did. And that's why we didn't get another one. That's why we didn't get a remake because they left the movie open for us to have another one. But if I could go back and remake a horror movie with a combination of special of, uh, of digital effects and practical effects, The Blob is definitely one of those movies that would be high up on my list. Um, as soon as they release the collector's edition on Blu-ray for, uh, for um, I can't remember what the name of the company is right now because I put myself on the spot, but I bought it. And, ah, oh, man, it's really bothered me that I can't remember. Uh, Scare Scream Factory. They released the Scream Factory Blu-ray for it, and I, I couldn't wait to buy it, dude. I, I bought that shit as soon as I had the money. I love that film. When they release the 4K for I'm going to buy that version, too. But The Blob from 1988 is definitely one of my favorite horror movies of all time. People don't talk about it enough. We don't see it on TV enough. It's never on any of the, the you know, the marathons that you see going on but you know aside from my favorite slashers you know michaels the ghost face and all that shit the blob dude is so good and i will die on that hill i don't care what anybody says that movie is underrated as fuck and we are well overdue for a well-written retelling of that story what about thanks killing are you not gonna give it any love no <laughs> <laughs> there are b movies that you just watch and you just you watch it and you don't stop watching it because you're enjoying how bad it is and you laugh and thanks killing is one of those movies so if nobody knows what thanks that is, is essentially those... it's a murderous turkey and there's even a part where the turkey puts on a mustache and the woman thinks that's her dad while he's still full turkey she's like dad and i'm like oh my god he makes jokes like who's stuffing who now and like oh my, it's awful and like gravy in a condom like oh my it's if you ever want something this to you're gonna be like sin why did you tell me to watch this but at the same time it's kind of like you can't stop watching it thanks killing <laughs> you can thank me and thanks hate killing. me later thanks killing is one of those b movies that you watch and then when you get done watching it, you're like what the fuck i watched a movie like that recently and I have some friends who've been hyping this movie up to me a lot, and they let me know that it was a B movie and that it wasn't good, but they love it. And I watched it on fucking Tubi last weekend. What is it? And that movie is called Ticks. Ticks? I don't know if you've ever seen it. Ticks, like the fucking parasitic little creatures. Yeah. Ticks. And that movie, I, I didn't know much about it other than the fact that it had like mutated ticks in it. That movie came out in 1993. And the main character is a young, young, young Seth Green. And uh, that, oh my God, bro. Another, Do another. Do have a big blue tick in, in there? Th big blue tick? No, not the tick. Aww, not the tick. Feels bad. <laughs> I'll tell you, another actor who's in that movie who I didn't know was in the movie, and he's like a main character, is Alfonso Ribeiro. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that is uh, Carlton from Fresh Prince. And it's oh, a God. young Carlton in that movie. And. I mean, he's not that young. He, he's supposed to be playing a teenager, but he's clearly in his 30s. And this is hilarious. This movie is so fucking bad. 
it, they made it on like I think it was a million dollars, maybe a million point five dollars was the budget if that tells you anything. But like this movie is shot awful. The acting is really bad. Even Seth Green couldn't save this movie, and he's like trying at least a little bit. But goddamn, this movie is so fucking bad, and I love it now. And all I could do when I was watching this movie was ask questions. Like Clint Howard is in the movie, and if, for those of you who don't know, who Clint Howard is, he's in like every fucking B movie from. 83 to 95. Ron he's Howard's brother? Yeah. Oh, God, that guy. He, yeah, yeah, he's in it. Uh, and, and so that that lets you know what kind of movie you're getting into, man. And it, this movie, dude, like I'm telling you, it's so bad. It's a horror sci-fi movie. And it's only sci-fi because, like, it's a mutated tick, right? Mutated ticks in general. And they're just, like, fucking people up. And the little puppets that are the ticks are terrible, but dude, I, will I watch this movie again? Absolutely. I will. This is one of those movies that I'll watch while I'm drinking and just hanging out and just talk mad shit about it. It's it's fantastic. And you'll laugh your ass um, out the whole time. Oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah, me. I was definitely laughing about at this movie. It got it's got like a five point five out of ten on IMDb. It's got a seventy one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's so how y'all like, watched a little bit of Blood and Honey. Oh man, that movie's. Th- I like ticks more than I like Blood and Honey. If that tells you anything, I just know in the first like five minutes of Blood and Honey, I saw a sign that literally looks like me and my son went out back and painted it, and it was like Hundred Acre Forest. And I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this? What, what it said Hundred Acre Woods, and it looked like it looked like a seven year old wrote it. For and then their they, dad, then you when know? he steps out, Winnie the Pooh steps out, and I was like, Oh my God, these costumes! But it's a grown ass man with a bear mask on. Jesus it's hilarious. Christ. I was like, what the hell is this? Y'all love it. All right. But that's going to do it for this episode. We appreciate you being here and listening. If you made it this far, you're a real one. Thank you so much. If you'd like your question to be featured for Spooky Season in the last call section, then be sure to go to gilded.gg slash sinister pack in the application that's put from the pod and come join us over there. Christian had an outburst. I don't know what that was about. Uh, But you can submit your... From the pod? Oh, my God. Uh, there is a whole section dedicated to last call questions as well as sinister tales, which is something, honestly, we talked about this last week and then, uh, I was with the, the in-laws over the weekend and we actually got on this discussion and it made me even more interested to research and that would be, uh, Bell Witch. So I feel like we need to have a Bell Witch segment coming up pretty soon. Okay. So do your homework, Christian. All right, then. Watch the movies. Whatever. Get to it. But... Sinister Tales, you can submit that and we'll talk about it on the pod as well as the last call question. Or you can hit us up on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, threads, at Sippin' With Sin, S-I-P-P-I-N, with Sin. Drop us a line over there. We would appreciate it. Follow us. Talk to us there. Uh, And, of course, every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Central Time on pretty much all the audio platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, Google, Overcast, so on, so on. Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Central, new episode of the podcast comes out every week, so be sure to rate it five stars, subscribe to it, follow it, share it with a friend, enjoy it, and do the things that help us a ton and keep spreading the word. You can watch the video version of the podcast also on my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Sinister. every Wednesday, 8 a.m. Central time, so go thumbs up it, subscribe, all that good stuff, drop a line over there like Sir Yobi does, I see Yobi dropping lines and we appreciate you, sir, love you long time. You can find me on my personal socials, Twitter, Instagram, and threads at I am Sinister TV. You can find me on TikTok at I am Sinister TV as well. You can find me streaming over at kick.com slash I am Sinister. You can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash I am Sinister TV. And you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash I am Sinister TV. Christian, 
I need to ask, where can the lovely folks find you? You guys can find me on my personal Instagram at Vin and Inc. All one word. You guys can also find me at TikTok at my name, Christian Vincent. Aside from that, you guys can find me on my own personal horror podcast, uh, social medias, and that's everywhere at Horrorverse Pod. Yes, we will be coming back. We've got some stuff going on right now, but we will come back and I'll let you guys know on this podcast when we do that. Uh, but that's where you guys can find me as of right now. I don't have any other socials because they're hard to keep up with, and I know you know that. All right. Well, that's got to do it for this week. We appreciate you all being here. Thanks for listening. We got some fun stuff to talk about next week, so be ready, be prepared. We'll have combat cast. We'll have interview with the vampire. It's gonna be a busy week, so get excited. Hope your little loins are tingling and your body's ready for it because it's coming to you next week. But until then, you don't have to go home, but you gotta get the hell out of here. It's time for Christian to lock the doors and shut it down tight. All right, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Sipping with Sin. Be sure to leave a five-star review. We're gonna read those reviews soon. We just need a little bit more. We want you guys to hit us up on all our socials. Say thanks to us. We say thanks to you. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank uh, but guys, I'm going to leave you with three words. Three words I'll always leave you with on every episode. If you're new here and you haven't heard these words, listen very carefully because they just may save your life. But if you've been here with us since day one, you know the words. Say them with me. And those words are don't get gutted. See you guys next week. So much for tuning in to another episode of Sipping with Sin. Please don't forget to leave a rating and submit your last call questions to our socials. That's at Sipping with Sin everywhere. And if you want to hit us up personally, you could find me at Vin and Ink. That is V E N and Ink, or I am Sinister TV for the Sinister Man himself. And guys, don't get gutted.